Good morning, faithful listener. You are listening to the Bible Explained podcast, where the Bible gets explained. So grab your cup of coffee and stay tuned as we read through the book of John. Good morning, friends and faithful listeners. You've tuned into the Bible Explained podcast with your host, Jen. And today we're going to be reading John chapter 13 and finishing up this chapter. And we'll be moving into John chapter 14 on Thursday. But anyway, let's go ahead and read John chapter 13 verses 31 through 38. And let's finish out this chapter today. Make sure to grab your Bible and your cup of coffee or your cup of tea, whatever you prefer. I almost spilled mine just then. (laughs) Thank goodness it was pretty much empty. Uh, Okay, grab your cup of coffee or your cup of tea without spilling it, and also your Bible, but I'll be reading on the W.E.B. version as usual. When he had gone out, Jesus said, Now the Son of Man has been glorified, and God has been glorified in him. If God has been glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself, and he will glorify him immediately. Little children, I will be with you a little while longer. You will seek me. And as I said to the Jews, where I am going, you can't come. So now I tell you, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, where are you going? Jesus answered, where I am going, you can't follow now, but you will follow afterwards. Peter said to him, Lord, why can't I follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. Jesus answered him, Will you lay down your life for me? Most certainly, I tell you, the rooster won't crow until you have denied me three times. The Passover meal had just ended where we left off last time, and Judas went out to betray Jesus. So right after that happened, it looks like Jesus and his disciples, for the most part, finished up the meal. And from other gospel accounts, it actually says they they sung a hymn. And then they went out. In other words, they left the Passover celebration. And Jesus said, Now the Son of Man has been glorified, and God has been glorified in him. If God has been glorified in him, God will also glorify himself in himself, or him in himself, and he will glorify him immediately. So I'm going to be honest with you guys. When I first read this, I'm like, what kind of circular <laughs> circular sentence is this? I really had to think about what Jesus was saying here, and I had to actually look this up because I was very, very confused by it. And what I found out by reading some commentaries is that Jesus uses the word glory or glorified five different times in just two short verses. It says, now the Son of Man has been glorified. Now, remember, this is right after Judas went out to betray Jesus. And Jesus is saying, now It is time for me to be glorified. Now I am being glorified. God has been glorified through me, is what Jesus is saying. And if God has been glorified in him, in other words, in myself, God will also glorify me in himself. (laughs) And he, God, will glorify me immediately. So yeah, it's a little bit confusing to understand But once you read through it and realize that Jesus is talking about himself, it's a little bit easier to understand. So in other words, both Jesus and God together are being glorified through what Jesus is about to do on the cross. And it's being set in motion. You know, Judas just went out. He just went to go betray Jesus. It is done. 
it is about to be done. Jesus is about to be arrested. He is about to be hung on the cross. And he knows that he is going to be glorified. God the Father is going to glorify Jesus, just as Jesus is going to glorify the Father. So together they are glorifying each other. And of course, the disciples were not going to understand this because the cross, the torture instrument, was not a glorifying thing. You know, being publicly shamed and humiliated is not a glorifying thing and never has been. But yet it is for Jesus because of what he's about to do. He is about to take all of the sins of the world on himself through the death of the cross and free us from sin and give us the free gift of eternal life. And I mean, Christians all over the world now glorify Jesus, give him glory, give him honor, give him praise because of what he did for the world while he was on the cross. So it was a glorifying thing in the end, even though it was shameful and humiliating and terrible for Jesus to be beaten and bruised and and mistreated and insulted and spit on and naked hanging on a cross, which was an extremely torturous form of execution back in these days. So Jesus says, regardless, both he and the father are about to be glorified. They are going to be glorified through this. Then he says, little children, I will be with you a little while longer. So he calls his disciples little children, which is actually a compliment when you think about it, because if you remember, the disciples didn't like the little children coming to Jesus. And Jesus actually scolded his disciples for that. And he was like, hey, don't stop the little kids from coming to me. I love little kids. And then he like preaches to his disciples. He says, you're not going to inherit the kingdom of heaven unless you become like one of these little children. You have to be like a little child. So Jesus calling his disciples little children was kind of a compliment, though I can imagine there was also an amount of affection Jesus had as well for his disciples at this time period, you know, because in a sense, Jesus was their rabbi for several years and they followed Jesus everywhere. In a sense, they were kind of like little kids (laughs) that Jesus was always watching out for, right? So, yeah, it's a little endearing, I think, when Jesus calls his disciples little children. He says, I will be with you a little while longer. You will seek me. And as I said to the Jews, where I am going, you can't come. So now I tell you. So in other words, Jesus says, look, you guys, I am about to go where I said I was going, where no one can follow me. It's going to happen now. And I can imagine the disciples were like, what do you mean? Because you can see now Peter a few verses down is like, what are you talking about, Jesus? Like, this is insanely depressing. We also know that part of the reason that the disciples ended up falling asleep once they reach the Garden of Gethsemane, it was because they were so depressed. They were so insanely depressed. And the other gospel accounts actually don't go into a lot of detail that John is about to go into. John actually talks a lot about this walk that they're taking from the Passover supper to the Garden of Gethsemane. John is about to discuss everything Jesus said to his disciples in his last moments with them. So yeah, the disciples were very depressed. They maybe sort of were beginning to understand that Jesus was about to die. Um, I don't know. I don't know. They just knew that something was going to happen. 
I don't think they quite knew what was going to happen, but uh, they knew because of the way Jesus was talking that something was, in fact, about to happen that was going to change their relationship with Jesus, which is actually what ends up happening. So now Jesus says, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also love one another. What's really cool about this new commandment is that it's actually a summary of the entire Old Testament law. Jesus says the entire Old Testament law can be summed up in two ways, loving God and then loving others. And it's not like this wasn't talked about in the Old Testament because there were verses in the Old Testament that said, you know, to care about your neighbor, to to treat your neighbor well, to never mistreat anybody. But Jesus sums it all up with this one commandment, love others. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. It's actually so true. I mean, you can really tell if somebody is a follower of Jesus just by the way they treat other people. And the world is definitely watching this. The world is watching how Christians treat each other and treat those who are non-Christians. So yes, we definitely should and always be kind and loving to other people. Now, of course, love does not necessarily mean tolerant. It does not mean that at all. And even Jesus himself was not ever tolerant of sin. And he was loving towards other people at the same time. But the way Christians like to twist this verse and even non-Christians actually like to twist this verse, is that you have to be totally tolerant of every single person. You have to be super duper kind. Otherwise, you are not a Christian. Otherwise, you are not, you know, quote unquote, following Jesus the right way. But here's, here's my response to that. These Christians are always like, oh, but Jesus was the embodiment of kindness and love and this and that. But then why did people end up killing him? Why did Jesus die and get executed at the end? If he was nothing but kind and loving and affirming and tolerant of everybody, like Christians and non-Christians like to claim Jesus was, why did he die? Why did people kill him? It was because he spoke the truth. He spoke the truth in love, which is what Christians are commanded to do. So, I mean, this verse gets twisted so often to be like, no, you Christians, you have to be affirming and loving and this and that. And you can't ever say no to me. You can't ever say no to that person over there. Because if you do, you're a bigot and you're not actually a Christian. But yet Jesus was not affirming or tolerant of any type of sin whatsoever. And guess what? He got killed because of that. So we need to really look at Jesus as how we love other people. I mean, here's what it says. Just as I have loved you, you also love one another. Jesus is who we are supposed to be looking to for the true form of love. Jesus told the truth. He never once told people to keep sinning or affirmed sin or tolerated sin. And he always spoke the truth, even if the truth was going to get him in a whole lot of trouble. He always did. All these things are very loving things to do. And as Christians, we need to look more at who Jesus truly was in the New Testament instead of this, this, you know, fake Jesus that we have created in our minds of how, you know, he would affirm everybody and tell everybody that they're worthy. But that's not actually the case. 
So Simon Peter says to Jesus, Lord, where are you going? Jesus answered, where I'm going, you can't follow now, but you will follow afterwards. And so Peter, <laughs> Peter's like, this doesn't make any sense. Like I'm your student. I'm your disciple. I'm sh- I should be following you everywhere. And so he says, Lord, why can't I follow you now? I'm going to lay down my life for you is what he says. <laughs> He's like, I can follow you anywhere, Jesus. Even if you die, I will go with you. I'm going to follow you to the grave. So Jesus says, really, you going to do that, Peter? That's what he says. Will you lay down your life for me? Most certainly, I tell you, the rooster won't crow until you have denied me three times. Yeah, Jesus always spoke the truth. I can imagine that Peter didn't really want to hear that when Jesus said that to him or kind of brushed it off as like, yeah, I'm not going to do that, Jesus. That's not me. That's not me. What are you talking about? You don't know what you're talking about. But Jesus always spoke the truth to his disciples and to everybody else. And in the end, he ended up dying because he spoke the truth, because he wouldn't conform to what the religious standards were of the day. And of course, he ended up using it all for his own glory and for the Father's glory in the end to glorify himself and allow people to have a relationship with the Father through him. He used it all for good. And in the end, it gave so much glory to God. So even though you and I nowadays may not feel like what we're doing, telling the truth is like glorifying the Father because, you know, people are insulting you or, you know, mistreating you or persecuting you if you're speaking the truth. It will glorify the Father, and it always does in the end, as long as you maintain the truth of Scripture. You will glorify the Father, and you will be blessed in the end when you do. Well, faithful listeners, I really hope you enjoyed today's episode. And if you did, please share it on your social media platforms and share it to somebody who you think might need it. Now, guys, if you love the podcast, grab yourself a t-shirt. I have those linked in the description of the podcast. I've got some awesome Lion of Judah tees in stock, but I also have the Bible Explained podcast t-shirt in stock, which is actually one of my personal favorite t-shirts that I have. And uh, yeah, I updated those recently. So check those out if you haven't gotten a chance yet. Anyway, faithful listeners, I will see you all tomorrow for an episode out of Deuteronomy. Until then, happy listening. And as always, God bless. God bless.